Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to this week's episode, Back in the Saddle Again. Good episode, guys. I'm so excited to speak about it. Interesting episode. It is definitely an interesting episode. Um, who is the summary this week? It's me. Wow, oh, just this week. Summary. You yeah, ready? I am. I have to like hold this book up to my face because I'm not <laughs> as young as I used to be. Okay, count me in, guys. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Richard's late for dinner and the girls are starving. Luke has a new special. Things are weird between Dean and Rory. The Chilton crew has an econ project and need an advisor. Suki's wedding invites are wrong and Michelle's mom is coming for a visit. Rory asks Richard to be the advisor and he says no, but then later says yes. Rory does not want to watch Dean play softball. Brad's back. Rory's group is making tricked out first aid kits and Richard loves it. Dean called 14 times. Paris and Richard make a great team. Lorelai and Dean have a heart-to-heart. Lorelai spills Michelle's carb secret. Rory's group does not win, and Richard's going back to work. Oh. I'm so sorry. How close was I? Your you're whole like two last... seconds. Oh. Yeah. Your whole last sentence was after the, the 30 seconds. Oh. <laughs> I'm really Tragedy. sorry. But you did really I mean, well. there was a lot packed into that last sentence. There was. So. Um, I will... Accept my point? Take the point, yes. Taking the point is bad. Every time we have to remind ourselves of this. Sandra, are you keeping (laughs) track of the points? Um, I will. Eventually. Go back to it. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. La 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 So, we start the episode... A Friday night dinner, and there's mm-hmm. this uh, beautiful rose, but I would put the beautiful in quotes, because that rose looks super underdone. I don't know if you guys looked at it, but it's, like, super red. Yeah, I am, uh, like, I want my meat cooked to the point where it's, like, most people would say, oh my gosh, this is the driest thing I've ever had. <laughs> I would not eat anything that was that rare, but rich people do. I, I suppose. Did not look at the roast, so I do. Oh yeah, it's, it's real red. <laughs> it's very red, and the potatoes look good, though. Yes, they do. I finally pulled it up. That is that is not pink. That's red. That is yeah, raw. yeah, it's straight like, up red. <laughs> quite raw in the middle. <laughs> okay, I like my steak medium rare, but that's just like disease waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, Richard's not at dinner, right? He's late to dinner. Uh, he- and we actually find out that he's working on an antique car. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, he comes out in a jumpsuit, like... Coveralls, baby. It's a look. Yeah. He's got to protect his suit that he's clearly <laughs> wearing underneath that. No, Richard is really happy about his car, yeah. at least. He's surprised they haven't started dinner without him. And I was really surprised. Emily says, I have never started dinner without you unless you were out of town or sick in their entire marriage. For 35 BS. years. BS. That's crazy. There are episodes where yeah. she starts out with, starts off without him, and I am going to find them. 
because yeah, where happens. he comes in halfway through and goes, yeah. "Sorry, I was on the phone with what did I miss?" Yeah, but regardless, food gets taken away, and um, that's the cold open. There's really not that much else to be said about it besides yeah. Richard is working on this antique car. And he's apparently had a lot of hobbies that he's hopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. During right. his retirement. Yeah, trying to find something to entertain him to keep him busy. It seems like yeah. Richard's a little um, not having the best time after retirement, or at the very least, trying to find what's next. Yeah, he doesn't do well bored. No. Well, we move on to Luke's diner. It's maybe like. I think it would be Monday at this point because they're she's in uniform oh, yeah. and it would have been a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorelai makes her usual anywhere joke where she like tells someone to stand up and that guy looks so offended. It's like, Joe. I don't know if you saw his face. It's Yes, it's Joe. Are, it is it's Joe. It's Joe from future episodes. He runs the, the game store and I don't know what else. I thought he was the pizza <laughs> guy. He, oh, he's the pizza Yeah, he is the pizza I think guy. He does do yeah. pizza. He's the pizza guy. I know he runs the arcade at some point in the future. He's, he's kind in of a random Kirk. town events. He's like a lesser yeah. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is that Lorelai, she doesn't even really step in before she realizes something's different about Luke Steiner. Something's, like, she hasn't even looked around yet. There's something different. Something wicked this way comes. <laughs> <gasps> it's a new special. I... <laughs> It is. It's a new special. There's a new special omelet. And this conversation, I think maybe we shared the meme within our, like, group chat. But I've seen, because at one point, you know, Lorelai's essentially teasing Luke to Rory about the sign and how nice it is. And look at how hard he worked on it. (laughs) Yeah. And what does Rory say? That's Jess's handwriting. Which, by the way... It's bubble letters. What? It's <laughs> what? Like there's a little star. That's not like, handwriting. <laughs> and then I think I saw somebody had mocked up like <laughs> writing like fresh eggs, <laughs> like things <laughs> in the side of a book. <laughs> you know, just as handwriting. But yes, there is a new special and Lorelai, not a very good customer. She just wastes Luke's time. I mean, it's flirting, right? That's that's how Luke I, and Lorelai flirt. I don't even know if you consider that flirting. That's just like Lorelai being Lorelai. Annoying. <laughs> and annoying Luke. I guess for them it might be flirty. I just I know if I was busy and somebody did that to me when I was serving, I would be beyond angry. <laughs> but yeah, we go back to Jess's handwriting and Lorelai is super like Oh, why do you know his handwriting? Oh, because she wrote in her books. Why is he vandalizing your books? Not vandalizing my books, mom. Like, chill. (laughs) Like, I wanted to be a margin writer because of, like, this conversation right here. Same. Like, I started making notes in all the novels and books and stuff I was reading because of this. I thought about that, but then international baccalaureate English classes killed that for me. There's no no. joy in margin writing because I was forced to do it in books that I hated. Oh. Yeah. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about margin writing later on in Stars Hollow Speaks because we did do a little poll. Um, Personally, I will, spoiler alert, give my opinion now. I tried it 
because of Gilmore Girls, and I hate it. I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it. Like, it's just, you're reading the book. Why are you taking time out of reading the book to write? I liked it, but I always had too many thoughts about what was happening to fit in just the margin. <laughs> the tiny margin, So then, yeah. yeah, so then it just always felt like, well, I might as well write on a separate sheet of paper because I can't fit anything <laughs> in here to begin with. Now I'm writing a book report. What am I doing? <laughs> on a book I'm supposed to be reading for fun. <laughs> Well, as the Gilmore Girls are giggling about this and the special and all of that, Dean arrives, and it is such a <laughs> weird direction. The vibes are, yeah, the vibes are off. Awkward. Yes. I think it's, all of us dislike Dean. Like, yes. all three of us are not shy about how we don't like Dean, but this is a hard episode to watch when you think about it from it Dean's is. perspective. And, like, they keep going back and forth with his character. One week he's a villain, the next week he's sympathetic. Like, pick Mm -hmm. something. Because I feel bad for him this episode. Yeah. But then I think about, there's the rub, and I would also not be into my boyfriend who yelled at me like that. Yeah. Just to paint the picture, Dean comes in. Oh, hey, Dean. What are you doing here? I came to see you. How do you know I'd be here? you're always here no i'm not like rory just on the defense and uncomfortable from Mm -hmm. the second he walks in the door dean even asked permission to sit down yeah and lorelei's like yeah and rory is not looking straight ahead she's not even looking at him she gives such a weird smile at the end yeah like towards him like oh look it's my boyfriend who i love right that's him it's a very forced like, I'm with you because I'm supposed to be with you, not because I want to be with you. Like, that's yeah. what it feels like. That's what the whole episode feels like. This whole episode reminds me of something that, Emily, you said in a past episode. Um, somebody needs to tell Rory that it's okay to break oh, yeah. up. I th- Yes. I kept thinking the exact same thing. If you aren't excited about him, then you don't have to be with him. And that's where we're at. And that's why it's not fair to Dean. But yeah, this is the beginning of like a bunch of bummer Dean scenes. Uh, This episode actually reminds me a lot of the Romeo and Juliet episode, the runaway little boy, because Mm -hmm. it's intercut with these school projects, right? Mm -hmm. So Rory has a business economics um, project. For economics class is what she tells Richard. Yeah. Um, And she's paired up once again. With Paris, Madeline, and Louise, Brad, and this kid named Chip <laughs> that yeah, we Brad never see back. ever again. Yeah, Brad is back at school. Because his therapist thinks he should face his fears instead of running away from them. And the rabbi agreed. Oh, yes. <laughs> and his fears are... Are they Paris. broader or are they just <laughs> Paris? I feel like it's just Paris, but then he goes, her name is Paris, right? Right? Yeah, that was a strange moment. Oh my god, Paris is like just stare down of Brad. Like, (laughs) it's it's so mean, but I love it. It's just hilarious to me that she's just staring at him. So let's talk about where Paris and Rory are right now. They're in the realm of friends, right? Mm -hmm. They just had that slumber party, sleepover. Now they seem to be either paired up together or maybe they chose each other as partners, right? But regardless, Rory is the leader. Yeah. Not Paris. And that seems teacher-driven. 
Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Yeah. I think that Roy was probably assigned to be the group leader. Mm-hmm. Because the teacher didn't want to deal with Paris as the group leader. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Which I think you can maybe argue that, yes, Rory is the leader, but Paris does most of the leading in this project. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's the dream team back together again, and their project is to create a consumer product and then, like, market it and go through all of the, the process of, like, figuring out sales stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is not something I ever did for mm-hmm. school. However, but I never took an econ class. I think it was a Boy Meets World episode where Sean and, and Corey also had a made-up school or made-up product, and then they gambled all their money on horses instead, horse races. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I yeah, might need I to go find this that. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, it's due in three weeks, and... In two days, they're going to reconvene to pitch ideas. But before that, they need... Oh, wow. I didn't realize this episode takes place over three Three weeks, weeks. essentially. Yes. I guess, yeah. I never made that connection. Wow, okay. Continue. Actually, you know what? I said it and I didn't make the connection. Because if that means... (laughs) (laughs) If it takes over three (laughs) weeks, that's three weeks of Dean being all over Rory. Or trying and failing. Or trying. I'm gonna I'm gonna give two weeks and then he finally Well only we'll it's only there. two days. Okay, well yeah, we'll get there. Um anyways, they need a business advisor. advisor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of their parents needs to come in. And Madeline not Madeline, Louise gives like the saddest excuse. My dad's on trial. For six weeks. As the defendant. Lawyer? Defendant. We won't pry. Yikes. She doesn't know what he's on trial for. Well, it's oh. so all of the kids kind of go through like what their dad's availability is, and then they're like, no working moms. And they're like, no, working so moms 90s. is so 90s. So 90s. I Except freaking Rory's wish. Got, Good lord. Uh, Rory's <laughs> got a working mom. And so all of a sudden, Lorelai is like the de facto only option. And Rory knows she doesn't want to do it, but that's kind of all they've got. Which is crazy, because Brad's mom is a curator. I want Brad's is... mom to come in and just lay Paris down. Right? Like, I... <laughs> how dare you? Also, like, girl, what a cool school. job. Right? right? Oh, my gosh. I seriously considered wanting to do that at one point. Right? And, like, I've done taxidermy, and it's super cool. I would love to, like, move taxidermy around for a living. Oh, no, that scares me. I the will... actual process of I'm taxidermy, not into taxidermy scares me. <laughs> Once it, they're it's taxidermied, cool. it's fine. <laughs> Getting them there sounds scary. Um, I love Paris's attitude because you can tell she's pissed about something, right? And it's Turns obviously it's, it's she's because Rory, yeah, Rory's mm-hmm. leader. Um, and she wants things to go her way, and they're going Rory's way, and it's not great. But I actually think this is a a sign of character growth, right? Because Paris is not yelling at her, and she's not, she, like, she making her down. feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, she's on her best behavior. <laughs> yeah. So, way to go, Paris. Um, <laughs> next up, we cut to the inn, to the kitchen, and Suki's making meringue. She's dil- diligently counting every whisk when Lorelai comes in with a package. 
Yay. It's the wedding invites. Yay. Yay. And then we have like a very season one Suki moment. Right. She just throws the bowl. Meringue goes everywhere. It's on her. It's on the poor sous chef. I'm pretty sure she hit someone. Like... Most likely. <laughs> oh, but man. Unfortunately, these invites, something a little bit off about them. Susie. <laughs> Susie St. James. But okay. While they are dealing with the invite mishap, mm-hmm. Michelle comes in in a great mood, very excited to remind Lorelai he has tomorrow afternoon off because his mom is coming into town. And I love that Lorelai immediately says sorry. Like, oh, right? I'm sorry that she's coming. And That's like a like, reflex, what? Re- reflex reaction. Oh, oh parents. Ugh. Right? Leave them all, get them away. <laughs> Some people love their moms. Right? I feel like the, the normal reaction... Especially when somebody is as chipper as Michelle is about it, would be like, oh, cool. Hope you have fun. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out they all get to, they all want to meet his mother. And I don't know about you guys, but like, if I have family visiting, I am not taking them into my work. No, I learned my lesson. I did that at the last place I worked. I had my family like meet me there and you know meet the meet the people i hated that job i don't know why i did it don't do it you'll regret it <laughs> i had a coworker of mine um about a month after she started and i got she was like in her she was probably in her mid 40s had her parents come by and like tour the building and here's my office and or here's my desk here's my cubicle mates and like she was very nice her parents were very nice but i was like that's a little different it it was just a little awkward what is awkward is how suki treats the customer service person so while um this is happening with michelle lorelei's on the phone trying to get the invitation thing settled and she calls customer service we have an issue with some invitations that we ordered yes Mm -hmm. is how she says it and i find that so interesting that she words it that way but like she's taking responsibility for how they you know what? I would. I think she probably was part of the process. Yeah, the way she brings it in and yeah. talks about them. I would I'm sure say she was. But like currently, I'm in the process of helping a friend do a wedding as well, and like we've each gotten responsibilities. So like I would understand the we. I guess I would have. Hey, my friend ordered some wedding invitations. There's yeah. an issue. Let me pass you over to her. It was just, I mean. Not complaining about it. It was just an interesting way I felt. Um, What I thought was interesting was that Lorelai passes off the phone. Because, like, Mm -hmm. I think Lorelai even knew that Suki wasn't able to handle this right now. And it would have been better if Lorelai used her manager voice Mm -hmm. to, like, do this. But instead she hands it to Suki, who goes hysterical. And Lorelai is right. If you treat the person good, well, Mm -hmm. they're going to help you out so much more. I firm, like, if Lorelai had held onto the phone or if Suki had stayed calm, it would have been like, oh crap, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. We will Let's get, get new ones fixed. printed up today and overnight to them to you. You will have them by Monday or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. this is obviously a huge thing, but like you said, Suki goes hysterical. I can't believe you do this to me. Girl, they didn't try. Do, yeah. And, it wasn't and on whoever purpose. you're talking to, was most likely not in charge of the printing of these invites. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that is true, too. somebody who probably had nothing to do with it. Yeah. 
Well, Rory arrives at the inn, and she's there to do an afternoon of work. Mm-hmm. So, like, we haven't really seen Rory working at the inn besides, like, the pilot they kind of mentioned that she works there. So mm-hmm. it was nice and to like that working. wedding episode. Right, yeah. yeah. With the twins, yeah. It was a nice little reminder that she does that. Mm-hmm. Although her work seems pretty, pretty limited. Put these well, in yeah. chronological order. Here's this very you thin got folder it. of <laughs> 15 pieces of paper. Um, but Rory does ask her mom if she'd be willing to be the advisor. Mm-hmm. And she uses a lot of, like, I tried to get you out of it. Um, Lorelai does not want to. She will if she has to. But she brings up a really great alternative, which is mm-hmm. Richard. Mm-hmm. I the love that she does tycoon. it, like, basically in the same breath of, like, yeah, I'll do it. You know who you should ask instead? Richard, or, or your grandfather. I got that that was right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. He's a retired businessman. He's retired, so he has the time to go work on a project like this. It seems like a slam dunk. It seems, like, so easy. Seems so much so that I think Rory must immediately get in the car and drive all the way right? back to Hartford. Oh, like, I thought it was she... the next day after school or before school. I thought I about thought it. it I couldn't the same decide. Day, but... when she, so when she leaves their house, when she leaves the Gilmore Mansion, she goes, okay, well, I got to get back to the inn to see mom or something like that. I got to, something along the lines of mom's waiting for me at the inn. So I couldn't mm-hmm. decide if it was like, like you said, Jess, she immediately got in the car and drove there. Or is this yeah. the next day? That's what the episode made it feel like. I think it makes more sense if it's like after school the next day she asked. But at the same time, I can't imagine Rory putting something important like this off. It I don't know. It has to be the next day. And let me tell you why. Ooh. Ooh. When she goes to school and they get assigned this project, Rory's hair is in like these braids that go back. Mm. Oh, yeah. The next mm-hmm. day, when she's at Richard's, she's a headband in. Headband. There we go. Different hairstyle. So Thank you, day. costuming. I think that maybe uh, you need to do a little bit more to be able to get that clearly <laughs> across to an audience, but thank you, headband. Um, but yeah, so she does. She does go to see her grandpa the next day. Thank you, headband. Um, and it doesn't go quite as I would have expected it to be. He says no. Yeah, and Which, it's very reminiscent of the golf episode. Yeah, where yeah. he also says no, extremely. But like and, the reasoning on the golf episode was that he didn't know her. He they didn't yeah. really have a relationship yet. Like now they have a relationship. Rory is his golden granddaughter. She's this magical unicorn that's going to resurrect the Gilmore name. Mm-hmm. Well, and, things yeah, are hectic no? right now. He has <laughs> he has so much to do right now. Working With on this a car, car. that spits at you. <laughs> Well, and Emily has essentially the same reaction that she has in the golf episode where it's like, "Uh uh-uh, I am so disappointed in you. You Mm -hmm. love that little girl. I mean, I love that he turns on the classical music to, like, drown her out. (laughs) And she just screams, I'm so disappointed in you, Richard. (laughs) I mean, Emily definitely lays it on very thick. Yeah. Like, here is this hefty, hefty, hefty dose of guilt. Guys. Here you go. I'm going to ask a controversial question. Okay. Rory and Richard are talking. 
they've already said no. She's already said, okay, that's fine. Emily walks in. Emily is like, what's going on? Uh, Rory says nothing. Everything's fine. Grandpa, don't worry about what I asked you. Everything's okay. And walks away. Knowing that Emily would be like, what is she talking about? Was Rory trying to manipulate the situation? Did she do an Emily? No, because I don't think we truly have manipulative Rory yet. Because she really padded that request of, you do not have to, you do not have yeah. to do this. Like, if That's you don't true. want to, don't worry about it. She padded that request a lot more than honestly was necessary. I do the same thing. I can't judge her for it. <laughs> if but... this exact scene happened in season six, I would think that she was being manipulative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. In season two, not really. I just I think, think that it was are... coincidence, yeah. This is a little long-term. I think we are getting very close to manipulative Ori, specifically with the whole Dean situation. Mm. But I think even at that point, it was more of an accidental manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Anyway. Well, um, we cut to Lane and Rory, and they're walking through the town square. We haven't seen Lane for a minute, right? Right? Yeah, she was grounded for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Have we seen her since she was grounded? She wasn't in in the last episode. She wasn't in. She wasn't like at the town the, meeting or anything. There's the rub. Um. Well, it's it's been a while, and uh, we launched right into. Okay, I want to know what you guys' experience with this was because I know that I did the like career aptitude test when I was in high school. Oh, I did too, and that was like I loved that stuff. I love a personality quiz. I love like the Myers Briggs stuff. So this right up my alley. Unfortunately, Lane has taken the test what she says like four times and every time it tells her sales. Which is kind of a bummer result, I agree. Mm-hmm. So one, did you guys have to take a career aptitude test? And two, if you did, what did it tell you? So I did take them. Um the first result I got when I was I feel like we took them really young, like when we were in yeah, sixth like grade middle or something. Yeah, I got creative or something in the entertainment business. Okay. Yeah. And then the second time I got um, like a teacher, right? So mm-hmm. like I have taught and I'm, I write a lot and then I do like the podcast and stuff. So I do mm-hmm. think that I it was actually a little true. Yeah. Like, okay, it was. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. How about you, Emily? Um, if I took one, I don't remember. I feel like yeah. I remember looking forward to one in like middle school. I think maybe in tenth, I moved in tenth grade, so I'm thinking maybe the school I grew up in administered them in tenth grade to like start prepping mm. for colleges and stuff. And then I moved, and the school I moved to never did them. Gotcha. Oh, or at least if we did do it, I don't remember at all. <laughs> Yeah, so, I always wanted. I remember wanting to take one though. I just don't remember ever actually taking one. So I yeah. feel like if I did, I would have remembered because I would have been really excited about the results. When I took them, I remember that I like I figured out that you could take them, and you could answer a certain way to get what you want. And I was mm-hmm. super super into journalism in high school, so like I wiggled it to the point where it told me I'd be a journalist. But some of the options were like, uh, like mortician, taxidermist. Now, oh my gosh, if you told me today that I have the career aptitude to be a taxidermist, dream come true. Sign me up. How I many times anywhere. are we going to mention taxidermy in one <laughs> podcast? 
We're at two so Just far. the twice. <laughs> okay. What what gra- what grade was this? You said it was kind of early? So that was in high school. That would have been like 10th grade. Okay. So you take an aptitude test that would tell 15 and 16-year-olds, you're great position. You have perfect position for a mortician to yep. <laughs> cut open dead bodies and, yeah. and bomb them. There were a lot of, like, very specific <laughs> options in this results because they were, like, you know, and it was based off of, like, oh, well, you are interested in science, but you're also interested in people and, mm-hmm. you know, you feel comfortable talking to people. So I could see how they got to it. So, but... no, this is you're interested <laughs> in science and you're interested in medicine, but you're clearly not interested in people. Yeah. <laughs> At least not, not their personality. How many years of college are you willing to do? <laughs> Eight. But – so unlike myself and Sandra, uh, Lane is not happy with her results, and it results in a really impressive monologue about, uh, like, I mean, she just kind of proves the point. <laughs> yeah. Um. While she's giving this monologue, well, I don't. Did you guys get a throwback to like a year in the life? To what Lane is doing in a year in the life? I. That's that. I don't remember Didn't anything exist. from the year in the life now. She's she's running the antique business. Oh. So. Justice for Lane. Down. <laughs> Justice for Lane. Um, I just wanted to mention a prop in the background. At 15 uh, minutes? I don't know the actual minute, but it's when they're going around the gazebo and there's a okay, sign different. for delivery livery bell and there's a whole explanation about the livery bell it says this is so weird the bell at stars hollow was cast in 1780 to celebrate the first anniversary of the town okay so there's a bell somewhere around here right yeah it's that little sign um and then it starts talking about the livery bell but there's no indication that they're talking about the livery bell at this point it says the bell cracked the first time it was rung and weighed 2,000 pounds. The strike of the bell is E flat. Thank you. On June 6, 1944, when Allied forces landed in France, the sound of the bell was broadcast to all parts of the country. Why was there a random little Liberty Bell thing? Why was there a <laughs> sentence that started out with Stars Hollow has their own Liberty Bell? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's great. That's a good catch, Sandra. My my background thing comes at almost exactly 15 minutes, and it's after the girls have crossed the street. They're in front of Dozie's Market, and who should appear like a dark specter from the market? It's Not Dean. Dean. It's Dean. Poor Dean just really wants to hang out with his girlfriend. He wants her to come to his softball game. Were you calling Dean a prop? Did I just, yes. that no, joke just I'm yes. calling, no, I'm not. I'm calling the man who has a live chicken in a tote bag behind oh. Dean a prop. <laughs> there is a live chicken that. in a tote bag at like 15 minutes. And the guy's just shopping with his little buddy. But no, Dean is a person. Uh, and Dean is a sad person because his girlfriend straight up tells him, what's the point? Right, of me coming to your game. Oh my gosh! I felt so bad for him. That is a moment where I was like, "Wow, Rory, that was mean, harsh." It's like cruel. Yeah, Yeah. it's because he. She says, "Well, aren't we getting together tonight?" 
shouldn't I go home and do my homework? And he says, well, you could do your homework at the game. And then she says, like, well, then I wouldn't be able to watch. And he's like, couldn't you look up? And she's like, well, what's the point? And it's really funny because you can see Lane right It's so next funny. To her. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if she was, like, supposed to be on camera, supposed to be off camera, because she's just kind of, like, staring into the middle distance. No. Do you it's guys so see funny. Lane's face? Like, for sure. Like, like you she says, what's the point? And yeah. she, like, grimaces. Like, ooh. Yeah. Like, it's so funny when you look at her face. It's just, I don't think she's supposed to be on screen. I think the, the first not one especially. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish I had my original Gilmore DVDs. This is not a great moment for Rory, and I completely understand why Dean looks hurt and is That's hurt. A mean thing to say. Yeah. It is getting to the point where Rory obviously wants to break up with Dean and she doesn't like him. Um No, Rory doesn't want to break up with Dean. She wants to have a boyfriend and she just doesn't want to hang out with him. She wants to say, I have a boyfriend without actually doing anything with her boyfriend. Yeah. I think she wants to hang out with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Somebody who never appears in this episode, weirdly enough. Right? Like, but let's talk about that. Jess is not in this episode, and yet it feels like he is. Like, he has such a presence. He has a very heavy presence in this episode. You're right. Yeah. 100%. He is everywhere here. Um... He is living rent-free in Rory's <laughs> And Dean's. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But we go to the inn where Michelle and Lorelai have, like, this little routine where Lorelai signs and then asks what she's signing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It made me wonder, like, if Michelle is just the concierge or if he's, like, assistant manager because this feels more than just concierge yeah especially it seems like he's the one who knows about this paperwork and he just gets her signature on it i feel like that's the implication like i feel like he got a promotion we don't know about or i don't know concierge means something else there but like he's he's definitely it's very interesting yeah doing manager the dynamic yeah yeah and apparently the inn is vaccinating ducks Hey, yes. Bird hey. disease is real. This yeah, is before the, the avian flu. flu thing, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but Michelle's mom comes in, and it's Janet Hubert, and like I'm gonna talk all about her in references because I love okay. her. Um, but she's it's fabulous. It's Giselle. She is like everything that you would expect Michelle's mom to be. Mm-hmm. She is fabulous. She is dressed to the nines. She's extremely French. Like. She and Michelle are constantly insulting Extremely each other, but lovingly. materialistic. <laughs> yeah. There, she comes in there? with, like, so many bags. Which, she's not staying there, so why does she come in with all of these bags? She says that it's she came in early to buy him gifts. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So she has bought Michelle, like, a ton of stuff. But he's excited. This is This is what they do. They shop, they eat, they, like talk about light fluffy things their relationship is perfect they watch movies it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like lorelei and rory right yeah their relationship dynamic is very interesting to me because like you said it does feel very much like a rory and lorelei thing but that's very it's, it's even seeing it it's still hard for me to picture michelle in that type of dynamic mm. yeah we jump back to Chilton. i'm assuming since it's three weeks to do this, this is week one. I'm assuming this is the we'll reconvene in two days. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
Because they're pitching their ideas. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, Richard is there. So Emily got her way. Yeah. She usually does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rory's promising, like, people have their pitches. It's going to be really quick. You can be in and out. Efficiency is key. Yeah. Originally, Richard is like, I'm just going to sit in the back. I'll speak up if somebody needs help. But I'm just going to observe. Like, he makes it sound like he's going to be very hands-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I mean, he pulls his chair all the way outside of their circle, which feels bizarre. He's practically in another team's circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rory starts the pitches. Hey, all right, who has an idea to pitch? I find it interesting. Neither of the boys gets to pitch anything. I really feel like Brad should have said something. Yeah. Yeah, but listen to the pitches. Louise's pitch is a lipstick lojack, which honestly, I've lost so many chapsticks in my life, but Probably not the best thing in the world. Think about, how, so imagine essentially like a tile, right? Like the yeah, tile, yeah. the tracking tile. device. Can you imagine the cost of putting a tile on every single lipstick or chapstick you own? Richard's face is everything. It's amazing, but not as like amazing as his face when Madeline gives her pitch. She wants to make a locker robot, forgetting the fact that they literally have to make a robot. Yep. You know what a, a, this whole pitch reminded me of? Hmm. Ron's Gone Wrong. Have you guys seen this movie? It's on no. Disney. I haven't. No. It's a very cute little movie. All of all kids now essentially have this little robot that follows them around. And they it's it's a horrible premise to, to go into, but it's what we're getting to. Um, they're connected to their social media 24-7. Oof, yikes. But their robot, they're called, uh, what are they called? Bubble bots. They're called bubble bots. But they have to sit on their shelves outside of the class during classroom, during during class. There's like oh. a shelf for them to go to. So like the whole thing, I was like, ah, oh, she's describing bubble bots. Be bots. Richard looks like he's physically in pain listening to these yeah. pitches. So does Paris. And then Paris has her turn. And like, this would bug me if I was the leader of a group project. Paris has her pitch. She has binders for each person in the group. And she's pretty sure that they're just going to do hers. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody pitches after this. And Jess, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Did you say pitches or bitches? Bitches. <laughs> okay, it sounded like you said bitches. If I said bitches, it would sound like bitches. <laughs> I was like, woof. Okay. Please keep Adjust. that in. <laughs> We'll have to mark this one explicit. <laughs> Just this one. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's very on point for Paris. And yeah. obviously at this point, this is the first time Richard really chimes up. And I love how he challenges Paris on this. Mm-hmm. Like, he, if he, he really challenge Brad or Chip or Mad, a locker first aid kit and this is what you think kids will like this is what you think will buy and i swear anybody with less self-confidence will be like well you know and paris is like yeah i do and i look obviously paris has questionable uh personality traits but like i love her confidence in herself in this yeah it's amazing I love that he moves his chair up and is like, turn to page four. We're going to be here for a while, so I hope you guys don't have dinner plans. It's honestly like (laughs) Shark Tank. It's like Paris' Shark Tank moment. And I said it in the the intro, and Emily said it, but she pitches a first aid kit that will go in 
a locker. And mm-hmm. it's just a basic first aid kit. It's just got, like, gauze and band-aids. But it's going to be fun colors. It's going to be sparkly. It's going to have sports themes or leopard print or... Mm-hmm. It's... I, I know that Richard's really jazzed about this. It's, uh, no, it's just awful. a first aid kit. Yeah. I I would never buy that. Never. That's something that, like, a great aunt or a great uncle would buy you for, like, Christmas. Because they heard that kids like first aid kits. Right? <laughs> like, because as a teenager, you are invincible. Yeah. Yeah. I, firmly, as a teenager, oh, that won't happen to me. I won't need it. Or, and like, like Richard said, you'd go to the nurse. Go to the nurse. Well, and I, I, I understand the idea of wanting to have, like, fun first aid stuff. Like, I buy specific Band-Aids for my four-year-old. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I'm pretty sure by the time I was old enough to be in high school, I was like, a Band-Aid's a Band-Aid. I don't care. Oh, right? Like, and, like, cool. How many times I'm not gonna do you need out. a Band-Aid? Really? Like, how? And I know that Paris's whole pitch is, like, teenagers, their bodies are changing, they're doing weird stuff. Like, accidents will happen. You know what would have been better? What would have been better? Unfortunately, this is only geared towards people who have vaginas but like menstrual access yeah, that right? was my thought like that's what i thought that too. available but then that would be too targeted towards women yeah, yeah so like but at the same time later on they say i know this is later on but that you can have 10 cds in there and like who's mm-hmm. listening to cd during school I'm sorry, were you not walking around with a Walkman in your backpack? I literally (laughs) just bought a binder to hold all of my CDs because I'm still listening to CDs. I did not listen to them at school. No. I did not need to store them in a first aid kit in my locker. No, I didn't need to store them. I I will admit, because I walk to and from school, I live like three blocks from school, that I had, you know, a portable CD player. So, like, the CD... The CD 10-pack or whatever in there would have been helpful for me because then it's, you know, I can choose what I'm going to listen to. But it's to supposed to home. stay in the locker. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to pull it out and then I'd also have to take it back. Yeah. Or eventually I'd take it home. I'd take I every CD it there. home and I'd have no <laughs> CDs in it. Um, Guys, if you guys can remember one CD that you were listening to in 2002, I'll go first. Play. Oh, I literally have both of Play's albums in that CD binder that I just They showed. were the best thing that ever happened to me. I love them so much. Cinderella's Story was the best song. I think they made yeah. it into a Cheetah Girls song as well. They did. Yeah. Do you guys this remember was, any? This was my number one CD, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. That, that was, that was the one. jam. That was a good one. Honestly, she was so good. I well, that. I think that we can all agree that while Richard is really jazzed about this product... None of us would have used it as teens, and yeah. we wouldn't use it now as adult women. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's it was, not being marketed towards yeah. us. If it was Lisa Frank, I might have. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I'd buy anything Frank, with that leopard yeah. on it. <laughs> the dolphins were my thing. Uh, it was so pretty. The colors were so pretty. Well, so we get back home, right? Mm-hmm. Rory has had a long day of working on this project. She gets home. Lorelai's on the couch reading a book, which... I hope we'll talk about because I was interested in it. Um, but while she's been sitting here reading this book, the phone is ringing right as Rory gets in, and mm-hmm. Lorelai is ignoring it, completely ignoring it. And Rory goes to pick it up, but it's already dead. Turns out, 
you don't want to pick up the phone if you've already picked up the phone four times, taken the same message, and then listened to the same message ten times on your machine. Yikes, guys. Okay. This is when that conversation should have happened. Yes. Yep. Lorelai says something, and usually I would save this for references, but I'm going to say, I'm going to explain it now. Because she says, uh, you have to ease up on the love potion before he starts going to David Letterman's house. So what does that mean? Well, in 1988, there was a woman named Margaret Mary Ray um, who suffered from schizophrenia and erotomania. So erotomania is the paranoid condition that is characterized by individuals' delusions of of another person being in love with them. Mm. Specifically, in Ray's case, she was obsessed with David Letterman. She constantly went to Letterman's house, even stealing his porch, uh, claiming that her do- her son was his son, wow. and um, she was arrested eight times for trespassing on his property. Uh, she would break in, leave cookies or alcohol. Um, oh my gosh! At one point, she was found sleeping on his tennis court. This is who Lorelai is comparing Dean to. Somebody with a severe like mental illness. Yes, and I don't think obviously that's Dean's situation, but if you're drawing those comparisons. Right. I'm sure that David Letterman didn't feel especially safe or good that this was happening to him. No. Like, um, there was 14 messages, and the last three messages was basically him saying, like, oh, I forgot you weren't going to be home until this time. Maybe you got here early. You're still not here. Call me later. 14 calls in two hours. Because his first phone call is at four. Mm-hmm. She's not getting home until six. But that's the phone calls that started after Lorelai had already taken four handwritten messages. Yep. I think some of the phone calls started before Lorelai even got Lorelai there. got home. Oh. I oh. almost guarantee you his first voicemail of forgot you weren't getting home until six, calling to see if you'd be home early, was after Lorelai had answered and reminded him. Mm. she wasn't get- that's my theory i don't know but I mean, any way you look at it it's good. too much yeah this is the moment where laura like because laura like is like she's like are you guys fighting um and rory says no there's been no more incidents which is another that's like a red flag right mm-hmm. like yeah. if your daughter's telling you no there's been no more incidents i don't know i I don't disagree with you that it's a red flag. I don't. I think it was just Rory saying, like, no, we haven't had any more fights. There's been no yeah. more events since that. Um, I do think this would have been a perfect time for Lorelai to be like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a lot. Like, are you happy? Yeah. yeah. Is this what you want? If you're not feeling it anymore, maybe break up with him. Take some time. You you're two will get school. back together if the, the world's really wanting you to. Like, yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know. And, and Rory, like, immediately just erases the messages. She doesn't yeah. even listen to them. Right? Well, it's... while all of this Dean stuff is going on, there was a call, not from Dean, but from Richard, mm-hmm. who's basically like, you know, we should relocate to the Gilmore house, better snacks. And, and then he says, I'll tell the other guys, like the other people in the group. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this starts off with, Paris, you're upset that Rory's in charge. And the longer this project goes on, the more I'm like, oh, no, we're just, 
continuing to give Rory the Rory treatment of telling her she's in charge, telling her she's so great, uh-huh. but then not actually making her do anything. Not letting yeah. her do anything, yeah. I don't I don't get the concept of a a man Richard's age calling five teenagers up to tell them that they're not going to be at his house. Like, that's weird, right? Unless he's talking to their parents. I think Rory should have been the one that called and said, like, hey, let's move it to my grandpa's house. Yeah. Or, or even Paris, because it's Paris. Mm-hmm. But, like, if yeah. I, as a parent, got a call from another student's grandpa and, like, hey, your kid's going to come over to my house to work on their project tomorrow, I'd be like, uh, about that. I need more details. Well, I need Louisa's and, dad like, is currently in a trial, right? <laughs> Paris's so parents just, don't care about her. So then it just gives the implication that none of these parents actually care about their kids. Which yeah. might be the case. Also, this is Richard Gilmore, and I'm sure that mm, that yeah. name carries a lot of weight in this community. This is true. So very true. It might be he probably like knows a, half of them. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of them probably were at that birthday party that at the Gilmore house. So like, oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. They've likely been there before. Regardless, it is weird. I agree. Well, we cut back to the inn. Uh, Michelle and Gazelle come in, and I love how they insult each other. Like, with yeah. every breath they take, they ins- they're insulting each other. Um, At least we know Michelle gets it. Right? Mm-hmm. But Michelle excuses himself for a second, and Lorelai and Giselle start talking. And... Giselle starts talking about all the pasta she made and how great it was and like the mounds of pasta. And Lorelai's like, Michelle? Michelle? M- Michelle? Here, Michelle? My Michelle? Because Giselle's like, he can't forget me because of the five pounds that he will have gained, mm-hmm. essentially. And Lorelai's like, oh, what? he totally doesn't eat anything. And she even references that weird lab rat thing that he's talked about with the cheese. Yeah. Um, which Giselle doesn't get, and she says it's better to just leave it unexplained. But so, can we just kind of talk about this whole situation now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, yeah, with Michelle because yeah. So this comes back to like haunt Lorelai. Michelle is very upset that oh, yeah. she spoke to his mother about this, and I'm I'm genuinely curious because Lorelai was not. She didn't know that Michelle and his mom didn't talk about food in that way Mm -hmm. like it was apparently a secret that michelle doesn't eat carbs um and he's very upset with lorelei for telling his mom that what do you guys think about that i think if michelle really wanted to make sure that giselle never found out about this that he should have said something especially considering he is bringing his mom to his place of work and around people who he he talks about his eating habits a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of his conversations, a lot of his comments are about what he can and can't eat and having too many blueberries in the pancakes. And, I mean, it's it's a main part of his conversation. If he hides such a huge part of his life from his mother, maybe let the people that you're bringing your mother around know, hey, don't mention this. I don't think he would ever put himself in that vulnerable space. To be like, don't mention this. Don't tell us. Yeah. yeah. Because then Lorelai would just hear, oh, I have to mention this. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's the thing with Lorelai is that the lines are blurred sometimes. Um, she mm-hmm. is both the general or the executive manager of the place. But she's also Lorelai, the kooky, quirky girl. Right? So, like, 
I don't think she overstepped. I do think that it was a mistake. It was not meant to be malicious. Yeah. Um, they were yeah. having a conversation about it. So, like, I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't. Just a weird situation. An unfortunate mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do hate her response, though. Because uh, there's a scene going on with Suzuki and Lorelai at that moment. And Suki turns to her and goes, feel good now? Right? And Lorelai's like, yeah, I'm great. Right? Big but like, legitimately, face. yeah. Like, this was just the funniest thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's almost happy that she, not almost, but that she is happy that she essentially ruined the relationship Michelle had with his mother. That, that I don't like. Had obviously yeah, carefully cool. cultivated to be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, go back in time a little bit. Rewind. Um, it's time for the big meeting at the Gilmore Mansion. And the kids all get there except Paris. And apparently they couldn't find Paris. They didn't want to wait there. for Paris. Yeah, but yeah, like, she's hanging out. <laughs> guys, let's like look at this for a second. Because Madeline and Louise take one car and then Chip, Brad, and Rory take the other car. And it's Chip driving... In a minivan, maybe his mom's, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> what a weird company. Like, wouldn't she go with Madeline and Louise? I don't know if she'd want to hang out in the car with Madeline and Louise for any period of time. With Madeline that Paris and Louise <laughs> can carpool, because they're probably driving together all the time. Mm-hmm. Brad and Rory would probably be bus goers, so that they would have ridden yeah. the bus over there. And Chip would have been like, oh, well, we don't know Chip. So maybe he was like, ah, just ride with me. I'll give you a ride over there. Chip, yeah. random character we never see Chip again. Chip seems like a nice guy. He does actually seem like a nice guy. Yeah. Every time I saw him, though, um, he reminds me of the kid from High School Musical, the musical, the series, because he has the same little curly oh, hair. Oh, um, I haven't many, watched it. <laughs> so many high school musical the, the musical, musical the series it's actually pretty oh, good it's with olivia rodrigo anyways i'm not gonna go through my high school <laughs> musical thing um yeah paris is there which means mm-hmm. when richard called up paris last night to be like hey actually we're having it at my house she was probably like i'm that glad that i got you on the phone mm-hmm. richard uh let's discuss let's i'll i'll come early and i'll get things set up because paris has this thing all set up and ready to go and um actually the way you worded it is probably correct because paris calls him richard not mr gilmore richard yeah anybody else freaked out because of a future love interest (laughs) yes i'm having like asher flash forwards (laughs) yes i am freaked out Listeners, you should see the face I'm making right now. It's not great. Also, I mean, doesn't doesn't Paris at some point reference that Richard is attractive? I yeah. think it's maybe in the future. Yeah, it's with Asher. Oh yeah. Okay. It's, so in During this the situation. conversation, she sits down. As she's sitting down, she like leans over to Rory and she's like, "Richard's funny." Or yeah, says some and kind of like, like weird comment like that. <laughs> and I'm just like. The joke oh, is, is that the war- there's a warranty stop. for five years, which is more than your your career. Most of you, yeah, more than most of your high school careers. Oh, so funny. Most of you. Who is he insulting here? Probably Chip, who doesn't deserve it. Probably yes. <laughs> Madeline, Madeline and Louise, who yeah, said yeah. that uh, she lost her phone, and let's call her in the same breath. If I remember correctly, <laughs> one of them actually gets into Sarah Lawrence. Which yes, they is not. Think, is it Louise? I think, I think Louise it's Louise. Sarah Lawrence. They yeah. made Louise stupid in this episode. 
Yeah. And it drives me insane because Louise is not dumb. Well, also we had like a brief moment where Madeline was taking her time to read something Mm -hmm. and then everybody acted like she was dumb and she was like, I read slow so that I make sure I understand. Like, oh, come on. Okay. Anyway, they get inside to the Gilmore's house and it's like set up like a business meeting. There's a presentation board. There are, again, folders, binders, pencils set out. Um, and Richard is really running it like a business meeting. Did you guys see on the middle of the table is one of those like conference call phones? No, I didn't. I didn't see Who that. Who are they calling? Who are they exactly. calling? Exactly. There's like a conference call speaker on the middle of the table. I'm like, who are you talking to? Unless Paris yeah. is going to call her dad in Hong Kong. I guess. Well, and there's a moment that I absolutely like resonate with what you guys were saying earlier about, uh... Rory is kind of constantly put up on this pedestal. Rory, wow, you're so great. They have her sit in at the head of the table because she's the leader of the group. Um, but she's she not leading anything. anything. She hasn't done anything. Yeah. She didn't even make the calls like to be like, hey, we're actually going to be doing it at my grandparents' house. Like She's done nothing. She has asked people to tell me your ideas. And that's basically um emily comes in and you know she sees a group of teenagers so she's talking to them like a group of teenagers do you guys want ice cream should i get you some food and richard just goes this is a business meeting and it like essentially kicks her out like he looks so embarrassed of her yeah emily is being a chilton mom yeah essentially what she's doing and richard is just straight up like you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. Go away. <laughs> but she's happy yeah. about it because Richard she's is so smiling. Happy. Yep. She and Rory love... have like a little aside. Yeah, I love that little moment. Well, this uh, episode kind of goes all over the place. Like I said, there's the project. There's Michelle and Giselle. Michelle and Giselle. And there is Dean. So we go back to Dean and Dean and Lorelai have another heart-to-heart, and I hate every single heart-to-heart they've ever had. So Lorelai comes home to find Dean just washing Rory's car yeah. by himself, and... Because why not? I guess. He said well, he, he was noticed waiting. it was dirty, and he forgot that she was going to be gone, because Lorelai's like, she's at her grandparents' working on a project. Well, it's kind of hinted that Rory never told him. Yeah, so he says this time, oh, I must have forgot. Like, he's trying to cover up the fact that Rory never told him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we go into the kitchen. Lorelai makes him come inside. She forcefully offers him a soda until she eventually is just like, come on inside. You're a great guy. Like, every time, I'm like, Lorelai, stop with this creepy vibes towards Dean, please. It's, It's very much, if you were 16 years older. Right? Is what it feels like. And then she says, I know things have been a little off between the two of you. And this is when Lorelai crosses a line, in my opinion. Yeah. How? Because Dean is like, did Rory say that? Yeah. No, this is coming from me and my observations. Okay, so you're literally inserting yourself into a relationship that nobody invited you into. Well, Well, Dean might be. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like the conversation that she has with Dean, like... There is some good parenting there, mm-hmm. but it should not be her doing it to Dean. It should be Dean's parents doing it to Dean or her yeah. doing it to Rory. But, like, the concept of 
when things are weird and you feel like you're losing something, you hold on too tight and it makes things awkward. Like, that's a really good parenting moment, but she should not be having it with Dean. She should be having that conversation with Rory. Like, hey, I see this, right? And I see that Dean is doing this. Yeah. And then that opens up, why do you think he's feeling that way? Why do you Mm -hmm. think he feels like he needs to hold on to you so tight? And then they can have that conversation. But this is like, I'm so glad that my daughter found you. I hoped she would never find anybody, but I'm glad that it was you, Dean. Like, Right? I hate it. And she gives him advice to give Rory a little bit of space. When we say a little bit, we mean like a substantial amount. Again, it is good advice at this point like yeah give her some breathing room because as of now like girl goes to school potentially goes to work after the end works on a project whatever continues to work in her day and then comes home and gets bombarded by messages from you like where's the time to relax we didn't mention before but rory says when um dean's messages were coming in or whatever and Lorelai says, is something wrong? She says, I'm doing everything I can. I'm spending every moment every with him. Every moment with him. Yeah. And it's still not enough. Yeah. Like, every free moment is with him, and it is still not enough it's like, for him to just relax. It sounds like it's torture. Yeah. And I think that if, if Lorelai was going to give this advice to Dean, hey, chill out. It should have been when she took that fourth message on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that would have been the appropriate time for her to have this conversation with him. No, it should have been, like you said, at that fourth phone call of, you're calling too much. You are borderline stalking my daughter. I need you to back off. Or I'm going to set some boundaries that you're not going to like with my kid. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how it goes. They kind of end things on a... So, so note, Dean leaves. I assume he probably finishes washing the car, too. At least rinses the soap I was thinking that, too. Like, (laughs) there's still a lot of soap on there. Yeah, so hopefully the Dean business is fixed, right? Lorelai fixed it. We're all good. You (laughs) know what's not good? Suki, who is still going crazy about these invitations. Um, She's still yelling. I'm assuming it's been a week at this point. It has to have been Uh, a week. Yeah. At at this point, she should be able to have a calm, rational conversation of, okay, I'm sorry for my freak out before, but, like, what can we do to fix this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And instead, she's still yelling at somebody on the phone. Like, I literally just went through this at work. I work in events, and I had to get invitations printed, and the invitations were printed incorrectly. And did I scream at anybody? No. I I just said hey, I noticed that this was printed incorrectly. Like, what are what are the options that I have? Mm-hmm. And they ended up giving me a full refund. Like, because I was polite and I was, you know, like, I worked with them like they were human beings and we're all good. Yeah. Um, well, this is when Michelle comes in angry about Giselle and um, that whole situation happens. And like I said before, it makes Suki and Lorelai better. Like, they feel better after Michelle feels worse. And I yeah. don't like that. I don't like that I about just, them. I 
I don't understand the dynamic here. Like, I don't understand their friendship. Because then we get, obviously this is in the future, but we get to the dragonfly. And they talk about that, like, they have to bring Michelle along. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? You don't- I feel like- You guys don't like him. Yeah. Why? There almost needs to be, like, like a- also, justice for Michelle, hashtag, because yeah. he is yeah. treated really poorly throughout yes. most of the series. Like, yeah, they save him and they bring him to the dragonfly, but, like, everything leading up to that is pretty, they treat him like, as a antagonistic. Yeah. yeah. Well, <sighs> it's finally the business fair, so three weeks later. Yeah, man, time flies. <laughs> um... And I just want to mention a couple of the projects that I saw in the background. I was trying to get, yeah, I was trying to get an eye on them. So we have locker refrigerators, which I don't think is a bad idea. A oh, little that'd cooler. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that next to that table is like a full-blown mini fridge. Like, yeah. I ain't going to fit in anybody's locker, but okay. Um, <laughs> the lunchbox of the new mille- millennium, which I don't really know what was inside. I'm assuming they're trying to offer something. It looked like they had some kind of grill, maybe some condiments. Like, Ooh. it was just kind of random. Cut this out. Okay. I thought you were going to say condoms, and I was like, I was like some Condoms for um. after, after lunch activities. <laughs> um, there was also the locker alarm, and mm-hmm. there was the hose hook, which was a hook you put in your belts to hang your garden hose. You know, so it's what? always an easy reach. I don't <laughs> Maybe think they that misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it like a school, like something to do with the students? Maybe they're all members of the gardening club and they just have a <laughs> skewed perception of what the average teenager wants. <laughs> I don't think it had to be student-oriented. I just think you're in a class full of a bunch of teenagers they are all going to Pick students nine stuff. out of ten times to default Pick to something a student stuff. would use. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they are feeling pretty good about their first aid kits. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they have a couple of them, and they essentially just look like lunch boxes. They look I think that they probably were lunch bad. boxes for the prop. Yeah, like they're they're big and bulky. Mm-hmm. So like they wouldn't really fit in a locker, and if they do fit in the locker, it takes up too much space. That's what I thought, too. But, like, Richard is convinced that this is the best project. Paris is convinced. um, And Headmaster Charleston Mm -hmm. comes in because, obviously, he's there. He and Richard are friends, and they kind of catch up. And it's one of those conversations. Yeah. Like, I feel like every time we see Charleston, he's, like, low-key insulting you and what you're doing with your life. Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of subtext. Um, it definitely feels like Charleston is just like, well, you're so lucky, but I have a real job, so I'm going to get back to it now. And Richard does a really good job of, like, saving face during that conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I love being retired, doing a lot of great things like this. Like, he's Mm -hmm. proud of this. Charleston thinks Mm -hmm. this is, like, a joke, which sucks because, dude, you are the principal of this school. You should be psyched that important people are interested in your projects, but it's not until Charleston walks away that we see Richard's face fall and kind of yeah he he it was the hit was felt it was know? and um, Charleston goes on stage and he announces that the locker alarms won 
And you know what? Which apparently didn't even work. (laughs) Right. Honestly, an alarm on a locker would be super annoying, but I understand that more than a a first aid kit. All of it seems useless to me. Yeah. The most I could have given was the refrigerator. When you're too close to something, Mm -hmm. you lose, like, context. Yeah. Like, once they dismissed the nurses, like, they were lost. Yeah. Because, like, the nurse's office has literally everything here. Yeah. There's no point to this product. Yeah. Yeah. And then Richard gets super angry about this. Is this the second time we've seen Richard make a scene in public? The Um, first time being the debutante ball? The debutante ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, not fun to watch. It's not. And it was especially not fun when Charleston literally called him out on it and was like, why are you the one making a scene? None of the kids are. Yeah. And I it's... have a love-hate relationship with Charleston because it's like, you're not wrong, but yeah. you're such a dick about it. Yeah. Yes. But also, the the other thing that absolutely drives me crazy is Charleston is consistently and constantly telling Rory... I'm treating you as an adult. We are preparing you for the real world. We are going to treat our students like adults. This is not like the adults. real world. This is the school. Yes. And then he throws it to Richard of, they're students. We're going to treat them like students. Which is it? Double standards. Um, Richard and Dean have similar thing, uh, qualities about them where they're really tall and they're really imposing when they're yelling. And if they don't get their way, they throw fits? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Richard and Dean have things in common. Um, you think they would have liked <laughs> each other better. Dance partners for life. <laughs> um, however, when Richard walks away and that little shot of Rory and Paris, they both look so embarrassed and so like that kid, like, what do we do? Yeah. Right? Like we just saw an adult lose it. What do we do? Yeah, I and I mean, Rory Rory has, like, accepted this loss. She's like, yeah, I wanted to win, but we didn't, and that's okay. And that's such a healthy way to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Paris is doing better. She well, Paris is like, that thing didn't even work. But, like, she doesn't have a fit in front of the headmaster. No. But also, Rory did nothing in this project, so, like, she's fine. <laughs> but, I, I don't know, for me, I'm like, okay, so as of now, Rory has healthy coping mechanisms for failure and the gilmores literally teach her unhealthy yeah you're growing up growing up to be a good kid let's ruin that speaking of the gilmores uh we jump right to friday night dinner from Mm -hmm. this you know the they've lost richard is very upset and when we get to friday night dinner it seems like he also came home very upset emily hasn't seen him since he got home and closed himself she looks yeah. super depressed. Like, she's super yeah. down. Um, they open the door and she's just like, hi. <laughs> like, it felt very Ross from Friends. Yeah. Hi. And um, up next is the worst scene in Gilmore's, Gilmore Girl history. I'm going to call it the worst scene. Or definitely in the top five worst scenes. And it is Lorelai and Rory and Lorelai and Emily talking about therapists. And how mm, only people yeah. who I don't I don't even know the thing she says like I, I, don't I know. tune There's it a out lot of every time. Stuff so, this show. Yeah. Emily Emily is like very anti therapy because it's like only I can't remember I I also can't remember what she said but like essentially only people with 
real problems see them. I would oh say Lorelai is at least like advocating in favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's like, no, like it's, anybody it, can you go. But it's still a go. joke. It's still yes. a like, well, because Emily says next thing you're going to say is that I should go to therapy, and Laura likes, oh, so many jokes Too I many can combats. make. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Who could really benefit from some therapy? Laura like Gilmore. Literally, she's got everybody a lot in this of house. childhood <laughs> trauma that she could go through. Um. No, not a great moment. Uh, Brad talks about being in therapy in this episode, and it's not a negative, so yeah. just weird. Well, later on in the sequel that we do not mention, uh, they go to therapy, Emily yeah. and Lorelai. So, like, and I still can't decide if that was supposed to be like treated like a joke or what. Like, it just felt very. I couldn't. That entire. I couldn't yeah, figure out what was a joke. Anyways. Well, if we end up ever talking about that, we'll talk about it then. So Friday night dinner. They're there. They've had this weird talk about therapy. And in walks Richard, and he doesn't look sad. He's peppy. Yeah. He's happy. He's in a great He's mood. Good. And everybody's like, what just happened? Well. How's it going? He doesn't want to be retired anymore. No. After working with Rory's group for three weeks, he realizes he wants to work again. Mm-hmm. He's not ready to be retired. And he thinks that maybe he could teach some classes. Yeah. At the well, business, like business school. Yeah. He also says getting a business partner, which mm-hmm. I feel like happens. Which just makes me feel like, wait, because you do, it, it makes me feel like we're much closer to like the dragonfly and all of that than no, what we yeah. actually are. We still have a year yeah. to go. I was like, man, does Digger show up that soon? Nah, we got a ways to get to Digger. (laughs) No, no, no. But no, he wants to not be retired, and good for him. But yeah, so they do, they wrap Friday night dinner, and head home. Mm -hmm. Our our girls are in the car, having a car talk, as they do. Banter around roles, which is something Mm -hmm. that comes up often with them. They like their roles. Um, I love roles, too. I get it. I I mean, I get it, I get it. (laughs) Dose them in some butter. It's delicious. <laughs> and, uh, Especially what Texas Roadhouse was. Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> I went there recently for the first time. They had really good rolls. Anyways, um, halfway through Dean Pages. And it's the first time in two days. Two days. That he pages. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai says, do you want to call him? I have my cell phone. And Rory says, no, it's no. okay. I'll do it tomorrow. And Lorelai looks downtrodden at this. Oh, yeah. Like, she yeah. looks upset by this. Oh, yeah. She and really thought she'd done like, something. This isn't your relationship. Nope. This this is not appropriate for you to be upset that your daughter does not, put, not, does not want to be with him anymore. And she's even like, it's early. You can go and hang out, right? And presumably it's after nine, right? Yeah, because she, she says she's going to hang out with... Rory says she's going to hang out with Lane. And Lorelai's like... Lane can't hang out after nine. Mrs. Kim is at an antique fair, which is and so her, funny. And her grandma's staying. But she she's asleep by six, so it's fine. But so this would have... Okay, we're going to black hole this a little bit, and I'm sorry. So this would have to be her dad's mom, though, because Mrs. Kim's mom comes when Lane gets married. And they say, like, oh, she's leaving Korea. She hasn't leave, left Korea in 35 years or oh, something like that. Oh, so this maybe. would almost have to be her dad's mom. Interesting. What we also find out is that because Grandma is going to be asleep, it gives the girls the opportunity to sneak out to Luke's. And here's 
this was a very un-Lorelai moment. I know that in this moment, we are realizing, Lorelai is realizing, in his own space somewhere, Dean is also realizing, okay, there's a connection with Rory mm-hmm. not answering the page, not wanting to call, wanting to potentially hang out at Luke's tonight. Um, but Lorelai's response is like, we just ate. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lorelai Gilmore, you're going to episode. food shame somebody. <laughs> like, Of you guys on. going to four separate Thanksgiving dinners and right. you leave the last one and you're still hungry. Her not wanting her to be with Jess overruled mm-hmm. the hunger rule. Because <laughs> it was very out of character for her to be like, you're going to go to Luke's? Like, questioning mm-hmm. that she would even want to go to Luke's to begin with. Like, she made it sound like she doesn't want Rory to go to Luke's. Yeah. And literally the only reason she would ever want that would be by Here's somebody. Jess. Because of Jess. Yeah. Jess, who was not in this episode, but mentioned so many times, but, like, in a backhanded way. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, we never really touched upon this, but I feel like it has to be touched upon. Can we talk about Jess making that sign? Like, Jess made that sign. <laughs> I love that for him. I feel like this is how this happened. Luke was trying to, like, fix the sign, and Jess was like, you're making that look like crap. Let me fix this for you. Yeah. Like, that's in my mind how and that happened. he was probably like, Absolutely. why do you still have this French toast? Like, I've been here for a year, and it's still the French toast. Let's change it yeah. up. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if the special omelet is actually Jess's favorite food? Oh. That's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Jess, well, actually, before that, when Lorelai drops Rory off at Lane's, she straight up says, are you sure you don't want to call Dean? Like, girl, let it go. (laughs) Right? Leave it alone. Chill. (laughs) This is not your relationship. (laughs) You stepped in too much already as it is. Let it go. Um, But yeah, Lorelai arrives home and... Who's on the front porch waiting for Rory? Uh, he looks like a sad dog. Like, he's like he, puppy dog. He's so sad. And again, none of us like Dean, but you have to feel for Dean in this moment. Yeah, he's just staring at his hands. She walks up and he goes, she likes Jess, doesn't she? And Lorelai's silence speaks volumes. Yep. Right. Her face of, like, resignation and just defeat as, like, Dean just walks away. You know what should have happened in the next episode? Somebody Somebody should should have broken broken up up. with each other? Yeah. So, okay, Dean, congratulations. You have this realization your girlfriend likes another guy. So you're going to hold on tighter? Like, have some self-respect, man. Is Rory this great? I know you're... Right? (laughs) I'm sorry to, like talk shit about her but i'm just saying like why is Is everyone so like (laughs) i need you i like rory and i know i've seen a lot of like especially on the the reddit hate towards rory oh yeah and and we get there Mm -hmm. but i love as of now i think this is just rory being a teenager Mm -hmm. and figuring herself out and figuring out what she wants and this is her first love and she doesn't really know how to handle it and unfortunately is not getting good advice from Lorelai. Yeah. I don't think it's Rory's fault now of how it's fully going down. Well, just a bummer. A a sad end to the episode. But an ending nonetheless. 
Guys, who was the town's person of the week? Uh, <laughs> I kind of struggled. I don't. Is it Jess? I I don't. I was know. gonna say the same thing. Like, can I give it to Jess, even though he wasn't in the episode? And we just post like a blank picture. <laughs> we post a picture of the sign. I mean, honestly, Jess did more for this town in the one year that he's been here than apparently since Roy's birth with the the special sign. <laughs> Well, if we can't give it to side like, characters, I don't know if we can give it to characters who are literally not in the episode. There. I, I think Richard could be a potential, but at the same time, Richard was kind of not awesome in this episode. Uh, I don't think Rory earned it in this episode at almost, all. Lorelai did Almost didn't. Emily, because she, she's the one that talks Richard into doing it. She doesn't have a great start either. What about Paris? Paris? Paris stepped up. Yeah. She wasn't even the leader, and she stepped up. Right. <laughs> you had yeah. a Brad. Well, you but know like, what? Brad I would literally totally not give it a Brad. Episode. We learned that Brad is Jewish, and that he goes to therapy. And, like, good for you on both counts, but... He's facing his fears. <laughs> Honestly, I could go with Paris. I mean... Jess would be my number one choice. Like, he's in my heart, the townsperson of the week. However, he wasn't in this episode. <laughs> It's like, I love you, but no. Do we need to give a townsperson of the week if nobody earns it? I mean, Ugh. we haven't. I think once before, we yeah. We were like iffy about it. I mean, it. I feel like I feel like it loses its specialness if it becomes like a participation trophy. That's you fair. Know? Yeah. That's fair. Who was the least worst? Yeah. In the <laughs> Who was the best of the worst? So let's call yeah, it. I would I would almost vote for no. All right, yeah. guys, there's no Townsperson of the Week this week, because everyone kind of mildly sucked. Yeah, but if you disagree, that's a great reason to write into us and yeah. let us know who you oh, think yeah. should have been the Townsperson of the Week. I really feel like there's nobody who strongly stood out to me, but if somebody stood out to you, please tell us. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear it. I know. Oh. Second Town Troubadour. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there bringing peace. <laughs> I'm He's still playing high on that vegetable battle. <laughs> I love him. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now, yeah, no townsperson. Mm-mm. Well, uh, no townsperson, but after Townsperson of the Week, we do have references with Sandra. references this week i'm gonna focus on a guest star the title and an out there reference so as teased earlier our guest star is jeanette huber every so often gilmore girls has a really famous actor who guest stars who has either been in a cult classic or is someday going to be an a-list actor and today is the former jeanette mm-hmm. is better known as the og vivian banks from fresh prince of bel-air the original Aunt Viv. She was there from the first season until the third season, until she was replaced by Daphne Maxwell Reed. There have been tons of rumors as to why she left. Most of them 
because Will Smith got her fired and blacklisted from TV. Oh my gosh. He says that she was bringing her personal issues to work and was trying to undermine him by wanting to be the star of the show. While she says that he got her fired. So for about 20 some years, these two have been back and forth about it. Instagram battles, people commenting on each other's stuff. It's been crazy. Until 2020, when there was an HBO Max ep- uh, special where the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion held, was held. And the two spoke for the first time in like 20 years, where it was revealed that she was not technically fired, but she was given this awful deal to return, and she turned it down. Will said that he was very young at the time and immature, and he wasn't sensitive to her situation. He apologized, and they seem to be in good terms now. So if you guys want to see an apology between Will Smith and his fake mom, uh, fake aunt, rather, you can go watch it on HBO, The Reunion. But I thought it was a little funny. <laughs> I kind of do. That um, we got a Will Smith, like, yeah, very kind timely. of thing. Adjacent. Yeah, adjacent thing. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was my jam when I was younger. Like, it was so funny. Oh, yeah. Carlton, the dance, all of that stuff was great. The original on Viv was so much better. Janet was great. However, recently, she's been in Pose on FX and is a character on Love Life on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, She's also starred in King Esther, which is produced by Issa Rae, um, which got her nominated for her first daytime Emmy. So, interesting. congrats, Janet. Nice to see you. Up next is the title of the episode, Back in the Saddle Again. And, of course, there's the meaning of the term, which is to return to something after an absence or to make another attempt after suffering a failure. It can also mean to return to something that is familiar, which I think all of these themes were definitely seen throughout the episode. Mm -hmm. But it is also a song by Gene Autry, first released in 1939. It was originally written for the 1938 film Border G-Man. Great title. I don't know. And then re-recorded for the film Roving, Roving Tumbleweeds, which is an even better title. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But then eventually became the theme song for Gene Autry's Medley Ranch in 1940. It is a very country song. The lyrics are... Riding the range once more, toting my old 44, where you sleep out every night and only the law is right. Back in the saddle again. I'm not a country person. Interesting. <laughs> but apparently it's a famous song. My last reference is a reference that I didn't understand, so I had to look it up. This may be on me because it's a famous movie. Like, really famous. <laughs> Anyways, it's when the group is at the Gilmore House. And Paris is leading the business meeting. And Brad says, she doesn't have a baseball bat in her hand, does she? And I was thinking to myself, that's a strange thing to say. Brad, do you think that Paris is going to be with a bat? Um, That's exactly what he thinks. <laughs> this is a reference to The Untouchables. A 1987... Oh. Yes. A 1987 film starring Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, and Sean Connery. About Elliot Ness, who forms the Untouchables, in order to bring in Al Capone during the Prohibition. 
So in this movie, there's a scene where Al Capone is walking around the table, much like Paris is, where he discloses that someone in the group has betrayed him and he beats that person with a bat. So I think uh, Brad has been watching too many thrillers lately, but also Paris is insane. So I understand, you know? But yeah, those were my references this week. Woo, Janet. I, I've always loved Janet, and I think she does a great job as Giselle. So Yeah, she's like mm-hmm. a larger-than-life character. Mm-hmm. And I, do we ever see her again? No, I believe this is her only episode. One and done. I mean, she yeah. leaves leaves a mark. I will never forget Michelle's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but after references, we have a book with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. So it's been, we've had a tough couple of weeks with books. I feel like it's been hard to get books. They're not nearly as mentioned as they used to be, or at least not specific ones. But this week, I was watching the episode. They mentioned Godot, as in waiting for Godot in the opening scene. There was another potential, the Bhagavad Gita is mentioned. But then we actually see Lorelai reading a book. We do. And it is The Dirt confessions of the world's most notorious rock band and in case you're wondering yes that essentially is a jack daniels not jack daniels whiskey bottle on the front cool so it is a collaborative autobiography of motley crew by the band tommy lee mick mars vince neal and nikki six oh cool they also had some other um other contributors john karabi the former band manager doc mcgee helped contribute to it as well and i read anthony kiedis's scar tissue autobiography years ago in high school i read hot chili peppers Mm -hmm. um i can only imagine the stories that would be in a book about motley crew i really want to know what's on the next page yeah i want to read it now yeah right I, i didn't have a chance oh um so the from the we're, we're just going to do a from the back cover. Whiskey and porn stars, hot reds and car crashes, black leather and high heels, overdoses and death. This is the life of Molly Crew, the heaviest drinking, hardest fighting, most oversexed and arrogant band in the world. Oh wow. That is line 1. <laughs> oh my goodness. They, they nailed the hottest chicks, started the bloodiest fights partied with the biggest drug dealers, and got to know the inside of every jail cell from California to Japan. They have dedicated an entire career to living life to its extremes, from the greatest fantasies to the darkest tragedies. Tommy married two international sex symbols. Vince killed a man and lost a daughter to cancer. Nikki OD'd, rose from the dead, and then OD'd again the next day. And Wick shot a woman and tried to hang his own brother. And that's just the beginning. Fueled by every drug they could get their hands on and obscene amounts of alcohol, driven by fury and headed straight for hell, Motley Crue raged through two decades, leaving behind a trail of debauched women, trashed hotel rooms, crashed cars, psychotic managers, and broken bones that has left the music industry cringing to this day. All of them are laid bare in the dirt. Yikes. Wow. (laughs) So, if all y'all want a wild ride... This is, like, for sure going on my to-read list. Like, I bought some books today, and I think I might buy this one first and read it any, read it, read oh it immediately. Gosh. 
I've got some like Mary Oliver poetry on my TBR and I want to reread Akatar. So maybe I'll hold off on this one. <laughs> I'm like reading a young adult novel, The Selection right now. Like Oh, I love I'm the reading selection. a romance novel yeah. right now. Like I have no substance to what I'm reading right now. <laughs> you know what? No. Shout out to the romance novels. Those things are amazing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I do and I I don't know if this will ever come out again. Do you guys know Hulu released that Pam and Tommy movie mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yeah. The series or the... with Lily Lily James yeah, and Sebastian Stan. I want to point out because I don't know if we discussed this or not. Pamela Anderson did not support the making of that show. Yeah, I have found that all. out since, which sucks. Netflix is releasing a documentary sometime here soon with her support. With her literally saying like, "I'm gonna set the record straight up to as to what happened." Good for her. I mean, I watched the first three episodes of Ham and Tommy, mm-hmm. and I will say that they, it puts, definitely puts Pam in a sympathetic light. Like, it doesn't paint her in a yes. bad light at all. If anything, Tommy Lee is definitely painted in a bad light. Yes. That being said, it's not right. with her consent. That's what I've heard about it. I haven't watched it, which... I love Lily James. Like, I was actually really excited initially She's to, gorgeous. to watch that. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, a consent thing. If if they actively knew she did not yeah, want it turned me that off. to come out, I feel like the Netflix documentary is almost like, well, if you're going to throw that out there, then I am going to set the record straight. But I have a, I just, it feels like she didn't want to. It, she just wanted to put it behind her. So I don't want to bash the Hulu. I haven't watched it. I don't know. But I did want to point out Netflix has their own supported by her documentary coming out sometime this year. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Stan plays Tommy Lee. First off, he plays him amazingly. Like the acting is amazing. Stan. It's just that it's not done with consent to th- mm-hmm. Tommy Lee, just in general, seems like a character, though, uh... Yeah. So I can imagine that this book is insane. Just reading mm-hmm. that, like, just hearing that summary is like, what the hell? However, I don't think I would read it. Like, just. It does seem like something Lorelai would read, though. Yeah. It absolutely seems like something she would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read Lorelai this. Lorelai doesn't usually read. Like, she's. Mm-mm. We see her a couple times with books. I feel like she reads but like not on rory's level reading mm-hmm. and no one to, reads on i guess to level, distinguish how much rory reads versus how much lorelei reads they can't show lorelei reading very much that's true yeah is what it feels like i feel like lorelei reads more than what they show us totally possible that makes sense yeah, yeah. well uh so yeah <laughs> that's the book lorelei <laughs> is reading the dirt confessions of the world's most notorious rock band i want to throw this out there because i had to remind myself to we have a future i don't want to say guest star but we have a future star on this show sebastian bach oh yeah yeah. comes in and he's in hepalian Mm -hmm. i knew he was in a band i could not for the life of me for a moment remember what band he was in he was in skid row it was not molly crew so just (laughs) a reminder Sebastian Bach was not in Molly Crew. He was definitely not in Molly Crew. <laughs> I was like, I know though. he was in a huge 80s rock band, but what one was it? Skid Row. A lot of hair. Uh, so after that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making 
fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. Man, what an act to follow. <laughs> so fashion was a little weird this week because even though we realized during the recording this is a week-long or three-week-long episode, we really didn't get very many check-ins throughout that point. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time when we have episodes that span a long time, we have a lot of clothes. We really didn't have a lot of clothes. Unfortunately, a lot of the clothes we did have were kind of bad. I'm going to start with my worst. It was one of the outfits that was at the very end of the episode, and it's Lorelai's red work shirt. Like that it's strawberry just, shirt? So it's it's the red shirt with pinstripes. Okay, okay. So the reason that this is my worst dressed, it's about proportion and it's about cut. When you see the uh, shot of her when Michelle comes in to essentially yell at her, it looks like she's wearing, like, an oversized pajama shirt or something. It just, the fit is off, the cut is off, and it just looks weird. And that was the reason why it was worse to me than the blue and white shirt, which is the first shirt we see her in, which is, like, a super basic blue shirt with a white collar and white cuffs. And again, it just mm -hmm. doesn't scream Lorelai to me. It feels like... I don't know if you guys had DECA at your schools, which was like a, a young business person thing. Mm -mm, it no. feels like something that somebody would wear mm -hmm. to a DECA presentation, just not high quality. And we see a lot of really nice stuff on Lorelai. So that was my worst, kind of meh. My best was kind of a surprising one, and I think it might be a little controversial. My best is Rory's outfit. Please no, don't say Rory's blue and brown. It is. So... Oh. That was the worst. <laughs> I, I said it was going to be controversial, but it's the <laughs> outfit Rory is wearing when she and Lane are walking through town together. So it's a blue cardigan sweater being worn as a shirt. It's got kind of a black stripe or a black plaid. And she's wearing them with brown button fly boot cut corduroy pants. And the reason that I think that this is my best outfit is is because, one, I think it's one of the first times that I've seen Rory out in public with her friends that I've said, that looks like a teenager. I feel like we okay. have gotten to this weird point where a lot of the stuff we see on Rory, it's like, she looks like a little kid, or she looks like she's too old. We don't see her dressed like a teenager would get dressed to go hang out with their friend. And also, I just think that this outfit has some real 70s vibes, which the way that trends are cycling right now, like... 70s was hot like two years ago but yeah. i think that it's carried over i can totally see like going thrifting here in portland or going out to a casual lunch or dinner here in portland and seeing a woman our age wearing this outfit like a cute fitted blue sweater with brown corduroys totally i think on trend today i will very yeah. respectfully disagree with that. When yeah. I saw that outfit, I was just like, wow, that's badass. <laughs> just straight up. I, I, was, I just, I couldn't, I don't know what it is. And maybe the combination of colors. I like each thing individually. Mm -hmm. But blue and brown, maybe it's just an ingrained thing. I was taught that those colors don't go together. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely oh. have always grown up with like also not mixing black and brown. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I grew up with. Or black. But and, uh, I I feel blue. like I had like a a real like visceral reaction to seeing this, and it was a positive one. And I don't have that feeling a lot of the time with <laughs> that's fair. Gilmore that's outfits. Totally fair. So that is why it was my best dressed. I do have a little note here. They were going to Sissy's to buy shoes. Yeah, I I thought. Yeah. What is Sissy's? Why haven't we ever been there? Do we ever go there? And Lane and Rory are not shoe buying friends in my mind. That's They're like really a not. Madeline yeah. and Louise thing. Whatever. Good for them. Go get your shoes, girls. <laughs> and I do have a steal item. Uh, it's an accessory this time. My item to steal is Lorelai's flower necklace. It's the necklace that she wears that goes with her black and white floral graphic shirt which she wears at the end when she talks to Michelle's mom. And it's also what she's wearing when she has a conversation in the kitchen with Dean. And it's a short necklace. It's a beaded chain um, with like a flower beaded pendant. It's just like a little boho, a little bit like kind of crunchy looking. And I really liked it. And I thought it's the kind of thing you could wear with a dress. You could wear it with a t-shirt. And it would just make you feel like you had a little something on. So that was my steal. Now, Sandra, I know you didn't love my best. Do you have an alternative best this week? I don't. Help me out here. That red coat. Is that also Lorelai's red coat? Did Lorelai also have a red coat or is it just Rory? I think it's uh, that's just when they go to Rory. Friday night dinner. I, I think I has a red coat. Rory. She wears a red shirt with a gray coat over it to Friday right. night dinner. Yeah. I love that coat. I think it looks so the red pretty. One? Yeah. Yeah. The dress, I feel like, was just kind of another Friday night dinner dress. Yeah. But the black coat cap really... Sleeve, pink flowers. Yeah. The, the the coat really elevated it. So I would have I would have stolen that in a second. Yeah. That dress, and I don't think it is, but it reminds me very much of the dress that she wore to the Chilton party. Yeah. The one where she I don't... kissed Tristan. Yeah, I don't think it's the same dress, but same it's very vibes, similar. Mm-hmm. Black cap sleeve with a floral. I think that's yeah. kind of a staple of young Rory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can totally see that in a different pattern. There was one other item that I thought was kind of interesting, which is the jacket that Lorelai is wearing over the black and white flower shirt when she finds Dean in the yard uh, doing the, the car. It's like a black leather trench. But it's yeah. got hot pink accents and a hot mm-hmm. pink belt. It was just kind of weird. It didn't really work with everything, but I thought it was kind of an interesting piece. So as much as I didn't like Rory's outfit, it is still a viable outfit. It was not like, oh my god, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. A yeah. Suki's <laughs> jacket that I still very much hate. <laughs> but Dean is my worst dress. Because Dean is just so blah, and his hair is growing out wrong. Yeah. Like, it's, it's flipping just, up. It's flipping, yeah. Yeah. It's not a look, Jared. It's not a look. <laughs> <laughs> I was just indifferent to a lot of the fashion this week. Yeah, it was... Yeah, like, that's fair, too. Dean is just continuously wearing, you know, the baggy sweaters and jeans or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rory's in her Chilton uniform, honestly, for most of it. Most of it, yeah. yeah. The And the dresses, the Friday night dinner, we've pretty much seen her in before. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Lorelai's red. It was just, it was a very blah. Even Emily's kind of... outfit was a repeat. Yeah. Emily also repeated an outfit last week, too, 
which I've said before, I love when we see characters repeat outfits because it makes it more real. Obviously, people Mm -hmm. rewear things from their closets, but also show us something new. I feel like, and I could be wrong, the outfit that Emily is wearing at our opening Friday night dinner, it's kind of a navy blazer and it's got kind of a striped accent around the collar and down the front, like a white and navy stripe. Mm -hmm. I think she looks great there. I don't remember seeing this outfit before, so I guess I'll go with Emily best dressed. Yeah. Um, The kind of powder blue-ish outfit that she's wearing at the end, it looks good on her, but it doesn't look like anything special. It's kind of a blah week for me. Yeah, which, I mean, I think that we're kind of hitting that hump. Season two, we've been in it for a while. Anything that was new is now kind of boring. You know, like, Mm -hmm. we're past the shearling jackets. It's warming up. So, hopefully, we're almost to season three. Let's get a little bit of a refresh. But yeah, that was fashion. And after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. So, from our post on Thursday for when we put up the uh, dead uncles and vegetables we have to earth from pluto chimed in again she said fun fact barbara eden larry hagman and bill daly so i dream of genie actors and actresses came to her city for a convention a decade ago so i sat on a panel with all three and got my photo taken with barbara eden who even though she was 80 at the time was still a gd babe with <laughs> a heart eyes smiley emoji so i know i just i want to say any comment on these kind of posts we love them whether it pertains to the show or just a little snippet of how it related to your life we love them all keep them coming please yes and for today's episode i did put up a little poll and it was just writing in the margins is it cool is it not cool you know i put is it a good thing mark twain does it which is what rory's defense is (laughs) or is it destroying the book well 67% think that it's a good thing that writing in margins is fine and it's a it's cool 33% disagreed (laughs) I want to know about your opinions though I know we touched about it a little bit before but I said my opinion but what about you guys I'm definitely in that 33% (laughs) yeah against it I am not a margin writer no keep my books clean (laughs) I would vote for it i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing but like i said before i have too many thoughts to fit in the if i have enough thought that i need a margin no i have too many thoughts to Mm. fit in the margin here's a a controversial question do you guys dog ear your books no 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 bookmark piece of paper band-aid wrapper whatever i've got i will put anything in my book to not dog ear my book i dog ear my books all the time but also i read online i read on my phone a Mm, lot a lot so like i don't do it as much as i did when i was a kid i think what happened is i dog eared a book that my brother lent to me or told me to read or something and he saw it and he had such like a visceral don't do that reaction that like traumatized me from ever and then i was like you don't dog your books what are you doing <laughs> see i had that reaction when i saw on etsy people took like harry potter books and like cut out i don't know oh. so that you can put engagement yeah. rings mm-hmm. yes i've seen that <laughs> and i'm and like every oh, i don't time, like that like, no no don't like that but dog well, hearing if- is not so bad in my book but only in my books like i own them <laughs> as somebody who is 
obsessed with Harry Potter for the longest time and still love it. If Sean had done that to a Harry Potter book to propose to me, I would have been like, we're breaking up. See you later. <laughs> How John, dare you? You don't do that. <laughs> don't, desecr- don't desecrate those books. <laughs> Well, thank you to everybody who participated in our poll. And we also had one response we just asked, does anybody have any thoughts on this episode? And Slothrunner responded, and they said, I hate Dean, but I felt for him in this scene. And the picture is him sitting on the porch. I think we all agree. It's not a great moment. You know, Dean has not been a great boyfriend. Dean has not been a great person. But that sucked. And we feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't. I feel like we're going to say this often throughout the years, but none of us condone cheating. We yeah. are not for cheating. Yeah. No, we're not. So we get we get that he's feeling it. But yeah, thank you so much to everyone. We are like, we love your comments. We love what you're saying. Uh, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, please let us know. We're basically always online some way or yeah. another. <laughs> And I mean, we do this podcast for you. If we just wanted to talk about Gilmore Girls, we could just sit down in a Zoom call and talk about Gilmore Girls. But we do it because we love hearing from you guys and and having that community aspect. So keep writing in. Uh, We know you guys love Jess, and we've got a number of big Jess episodes coming up. Oh, yeah. So this episode will come out comes out on april 21st i believe our very first episode was released on april 24th yeah oh my gosh so we're the almost on one year, year mark yeah what <laughs> so yeah happy podcast anniversary year anniversary <laughs> la, 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 la. Guys, we're moving on into coffee, and I have some bad news for you. There was no coffee. There was barely any Luke. Three weeks. Three weeks and no coffee. We had two scenes at Luke's and no coffee. Giselle drank a sip of coffee, and then Lorelai picked up that coffee, but I'm going to assume Lorelai did not drink from that cup. Oh, God, so. I hope she didn't drink <laughs> yeah. from that coffee. Well, Giselle also said it was bad, but... She did. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, so no coffee this week. I, I my theory still holds that like they forget about coffee in those like at the end like of the mid episodes. yeah the mid episodes mm-hmm. and we might get a bunch of coffee at the end but mm-hmm. we are also nearing the end so yeah yeah I can't believe how close we are to the end of this season mm-hmm. I will say do you guys appreciate the fact that it's twenty two episodes or would you prefer thirteen? Because if it was 13, yeah, like they do now with the episodes nowadays is usually 13 episodes. Jess and Rory would have been together by now, or at the very least, Rory and Dean would have broken up sooner if it would have only been 13 episodes. I like the 22. There's more to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm so embedded with the 20 to 23 episodes per season in my head Mm -hmm. that 13 just feels like too short of it 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 feels like a shortened season which i know a lot of it is because all these shows that are coming out now have such huge fantastical budgets Mm -hmm. that like 22 episodes isn't reasonable i still feel shysted 
Yeah, we just finished. I'm 13 for only 13 episodes. We just finished um, Our Flag Means Death, which is so good. Oh my gosh. If you like pirates or if you like uh, inclusive fiction that recognizes gender and sexuality as fluid, it is such a fun show. It's on HBO. And it's a, it's like only like 10 or 12 episodes and you get to the end and I'm like, okay, but there's got to be more, right? Like there's got to right? be more. Nope, there's not. I've been watching Severance on Apple TV Plus and there's only nine episodes and it is like the best show I've seen in years. I cannot mm-hmm. recommend it enough. It's so good. And Adam Scott is like amazing. Oh, I love Adam Scott. But there's only nine episodes and I'm like... But I want season two now. <laughs> when is yeah. season two coming out? While my while the marvelous Mrs. Maisel was coming out, I was literally sitting down watching the season finale, not realizing that it was the season finale. So that like, one the episode up on ends, mm-hmm. and I go to the next, and like that was it. That was the end of this. What? Yeah. Yeah, and that was another one that's like only nine or ten episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. Maybe a medium of, like, 15 to 17 episodes would be better. However, Gilmore Girls, I do actually really love Enjoy. Like, I like the filler episodes, Mm -hmm. too, so yeah, I'm cool with it. Like I said, I loved last week's episode. (laughs) April 26th, by the way, was our first episode, not April 24th. Let me correct myself. (laughs) I looked it up. Regardless, thank you so much for listening for a whole year now. That is insane. Yeah, let us know if you've been listening since the beginning. We'd love to know that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, Just as a reminder as well, next week we will not have an episode, but we will be back on the 5th. On May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Woohoo! As always, I've been Sandra. And I was Jess. And this is Emily. We will see you in two weeks. In two weeks. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at Town Meeting Pod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.